Kansas has really looked good lately. Texas is right there as well, right? And so uh, West Virginia's look good. And so I, I'm looking at these teams. I'm like, Ooh, you know, I feel like the you know two through six teams have looked real good, and Baylor's kind of like. Eh. Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and overevaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect. Just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? This is the next episode of the Sports Forecasters. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and I have my co-host, Nick. How are we doing today, Nick, on this fairly warm week here in Northwest Ohio? Yes, warm to say the least. I was commenting, this feels like late April weather, which always is a good thing in Ohio to have. Of course, that means that below 30 degrees is just around the corner, but we'll live to see another day, of course. I'm getting ready for some conference tournament play here. That's what I'm excited to hear. Nathan, what are we looking at today? Yeah, so, I mean, March Madness, It's it has begun. And I got the fever today, Nick, because I just bought tickets to the March Madness tournament in Indy. Brothers Bachelor Party is there the weekend of the first and second round. So that Saturday, the first day of the second rounds, we're going to be in Lucas Oil Stadium, masked up, social distance. Whatever, whatever we need to be, whatever, whatever they ask us to do, but we're going to be there, and we don't know who's going to be playing in our game, but we're excited to be there. This is a uh, definitely a bucket list item I get to check off. So I've got I've got March Madness fever right now. So we have a show filled, of course, with a ton of March Madness substance for you. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go through all the tourneys. Um, they've all begun. Um, some of the smaller conferences are already done but these bigger ones and the ones that we predicted are ongoing so we're going to revisit those tournaments and take a look and see if we want to make a quick change in our predictions or if we're going to stick with our guns on what we predicted a couple weeks ago in a previous episode and stick with that champion so we're going to revisit those but first we have found out nick that we have narrowed down the 2021 nba hall of fame class to a select number. And so one of our forecasts that we've done a few episodes ago was predicting who was going to be in that class. And can you remind the audience who are two people that we thought would be in this class? Well, when we looked at the class, we first looked at first-year candidates. And when we looked at the list of first-year candidates, we both agreed that we thought Paul Pierce would be a person on that list. Let's remind everyone that the class isn't finalized till the 16th, but the fact that Paul Pierce made the finalist, and that was one we thought would be a first-year candidate to be possibly in the Hall of Fame, we feel a little bit better about it. So Paul Pierce was our first-year pick, and then our pick from returning members, notable members that didn't make it the previous year, 
Chris Bosch was the one we both agreed on. So kind of going with the theme of last week, we both agreed that Paul Pierce and Chris Bosch were two names we thought would show up on the Hall of Fame list. We're still one step away, but they are finalists. So we're one step closer to kind of just feeling a little better, puffing out the chest type work. Nathan, what's your thought on seeing Paul Pierce's name on there? Yeah, you know, this is this is a guy that's got a ring, he's got a long career. I think it also helps when you're kind of the centerpiece of a Boston Celtic team, just that brand. You know, if he was the centerpiece of, I'll pick on Utah Jazz now since LeBron and Kevin Durant did during the picks, but you know, if he was the centerpiece of a Utah Jazz team, he wouldn't have the stardom or the spotlight on him as much. And, and so I think it would be a little bit more difficult to get there. But because he played in Boston, such an iconic franchise, and he was that centerpiece for so many years, he's got the ring. You know, I, I think he's going to pull through and he, he's going to end up getting it. And same for Chris. Obviously, a shortened career, but a very stellar career. Two rings, uh, multiple All-Stars. I think 11, if I'm not mistaken. That could be wrong. But fantastic player. So um, you, you mentioned to me there's one guy on here that... Uh, we maybe both were a little surprised about. Maybe he he got in, and we thought maybe his teammate would get in instead. Who who is that the man? Guy? The myth, the legend, Big Ben Wallace. I saw the name for notable names that were left off the list from last year, and honestly, when I saw the name, I'm like, hey, it's going to be a while for Ben Wallace gets in if he ever gets in. I love the guy for his defensive tenacity, especially in that 04 finals. Great rebounder, four time defensive player year. I loved everything about him, his game and stuff. I mean, scoring was never a forte of his, but the fact that he's on the finalist list and we both thought Chauncey Billups, that was beyond shocking to see for this time around. Yeah, I mean, his four-time defense play year is going to ultimately, I think, put him in the Hall of Fame. That's a that's a very rare feat. But what I just don't get is that basketball isn't like football. You know, you have to play both sides of the ball. I just think Big Ben and his struggles of making wide open 15 footers at the free throw line. I just, I mean, that's the basics of basketball, man. And I just, I just never have understood why so many people and really the generation before me with like Shaq and Big Ben and, and some of those older players, especially the play down the post that they just struggle to free throw line. And it just always blew my mind because that's the basics of basketball. In my opinion is making a free throw. I mean, I can easily beat Ben Wallace and, and, and Shaq at any sort of shooting contest. No doubt in my mind. But, of course, I will never get into the Hall of Fame, and they will. So, uh, that, well, that's just something that's always baffled me about basketball and basketball players. I think you have to play both sides of the ball to truly be a true player and get in the Hall of Fame. But I think with the rough and tough play back in the day, that really wasn't a criteria, I suppose. It was who was the biggest, the strongest guy on the court. But I'm sad to not see Chauncey in. He'll get in. All right, I'm a big Chauncey fan, so I'm a little upset he didn't He didn't at least make the finals. Yeah, like you said, it's. I think it's inevitable that Chauncey finds his way in at some point. Even if it's... I, I would be surprised if it wasn't as a player, but the things he's doing beyond his career as a player will definitely pad that. Because the Basketball Hall of Fame doesn't just take your pro career it takes everything you do in your career in terms of how do you contribute to the game of basketball so he's continuing to build that resume and other facets if the player career for whatever reason isn't blowing them away i think it's just a matter of time because there's a lot of first year people that made it on here and so it'll be interesting to see how many of these finalists end up on or end up being inducted for this year's class 
If you're going to forecast a number, Nathan, what number do you feel good based on the list that we have? Here are the finalists, just a review for our audience. Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, Chris Weber, Lauren Jackson, Ben Wallace, Michael Cooper, Yolanda Griffith, Tim Hardaway, Marquise Johnson, Bill Russell, Leah Andrews, Jay Wright, Mariana Stanley, and Rick Alderman. Out of all those names, there's about 14 of them. How many do you think make the class? If you had to make a educated forecast. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to say seven. That's my guess. No, I wouldn't even call that an educated guess. I'll just kind of look at the names here. And based off what I feel, feel like who should get in at least this year, I'm going to, I'm going to say about half of them. What's your guess? Honestly, I was, I was thinking seven as well. Seven, maybe eight, but I felt really good about this number seven for this class. Not quite ready to say who I think will be in finally, but I mean, there's so many hands in that one. We'll leave that up to them, but we're both saying seven for that one for the NBA Hall of Fame. To shift gears here, we're going to look at our men's conference tournament champions. We talked about this a few episodes ago, and we had some initial guests, but just like any good forecaster, once you see the weather patterns forming or things shifting or things changing, you may want to have a different outcome. We see that all the time here with Ohio weather, especially with snow. We get different snow totals, and as the storms shift or move, you get more, you get less, just depending on the storm. So for us, we're going to try to see are we sticking to the storms or the winners of these tournaments? I should say, not the storms, but the winners of these tournaments. Are we sticking with who we initially said? Or are we going to change course because the weather patterns for this have changed? Nathan, what tournament are we going to look at first? We're going to look at the MAC tournament right here locally. I was speaking of weather, man, Denver, man, it's going to get about four feet of snow this week. It's crazy. So. The forecasts definitely do change, and you get some unexpected weather. So we might have some unexpected picks here. We might change our minds, so you better stay tuned for this. But we're going to start with the MAC. But this one, man, it's been clear and sunny skies for Toledo since day one. I really like this team. I think they're going to dominate this. They, I think they they have a recipe to make some noise in the tournament, and I think they know that. So they, they're playing with a little bit of an edge to them because they know they have to win this tournament to get in, and they're not going to be an at-large bid. So I think it's a clear path, clear skies. Toledo wins the Mac. That's who I picked before. That's who I'm sticking my guns with. Who do you Well, got? one team that's definitely made a surge since we looked at the standings the last time or the tournament bracket, Buffalo has emerged from the shadows. They won four of the last five years, but I'm not changing mine. I'm going to go with you as well with Toledo. We both said Toledo from the get-go. They have not lost a step since the last time we looked at this conference. They're just looking strong, looking well put together, and they know they're in a conference that you need to win the conference to give yourself that ideal seating and guarantee your spot in the tournament, quite frankly. So yes, I'm going with Toledo as well in the MAC. Nothing convincing from the rest of the teams to say, yeah, they're going to upset them. Moving on, we're going to look at Moving on, we're going to look at the Pac-12. This conference is interesting, like Nathan alluded to before, because of where we live in the United States of America. Our timing and their timing is way off. By the time they start playing most of their games, we're looking at 11 o'clock, maybe 10 o'clock if it's if we're lucky. So for us to see them playing on a week-in, week-out week basis and have a good pulse of them isn't 
always in our wheelhouse with us, both having families and jobs and everything going on like that. Nathan, looking at the Pac-12, what are your feelings on it? And has your pick changed from the last time we spoke? Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of that, we all have kids, man. We all have lives outside of this, so we can't really watch the Pac-12. But what I noticed that you brought up before we off off air here, before we started recording this was Oregon, the state, has made a surge into the number one seed here. So clearly they're hot. And that's I like teams that are hot going into tournaments. I had originally picked UCLA, and I believe they were number two when I picked them. Now they dropped to four. So I am going to change. I think the weather patterns have changed out west. I told you Denver's getting four feet of snow, and I think Oregon is bringing the heat, and they are going to win this tournament. I think they're they're going to ride the wave, ride this hot streak they're on, and they're going to win the Pac-12. What do you think? Very great pick. One thing I wanted to point out is how Arizona is not in the tournament, and they started to make some from earlier when we looked at them. They were a team that was looking to be on the up and up, but due to circumstances, they won't be in it this year. So they're definitely not a dark horse team we could look at to say maybe they could be that quick fog that comes in and takes over the tournament. Won't be the case for them this year. Originally, I thought maybe USC because, quite honestly, they were just a team that looked on top of it. But since they've taken a few steps back and another team that's been hot that has been pretty consistent about what they've been doing, I'm going to go with them this time. They are the number three seed currently going into this tournament. I'm going to say Colorado makes the shift and they end up pulling it off and winning the Pac-12 tournament. Awesome. All right, what's the next conference we're going to look at? The next conference we're going to look at, we're kind of moving into what we traditionally think is football territory. We're going to look at the SEC tournament. Nathan, for the SEC tournament, you had originally said who you thought was going to win, and what are your thoughts now? Yeah, so I had Arkansas winning this. You know, Alabama, Arkansas were number one, number two, and they're still number one, number two in the SEC. And I'm sticking to my guns with Arkansas. I still like to see. I think Alabama is also really good as well. But I am sticking with my guns here with Arkansas. They haven't showed anything where I felt that they could be overcome in this tournament. It's going to be a, an awesome battle between those two teams. And um, I think those two will make it to the to the championship. But I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to stick with uh, the Razorbacks. Are you sticking with your with your pick or are you going to change, up, change it up? Alabama has always been known as football. And that's who I picked for this tournament winner. Their football pedigree is outstanding. But I think the time for their basketball program to be recognized has come. I do believe they will end up being the conference tournament champion for the SEC. So I am sticking with them. They just, they've been solid throughout. They haven't really shown any kind of missteps, any major missteps, I should say, to make me think otherwise. So yes, I am sticking with Alabama. It looks like we're both staying pat with the SEC. No one's shifting there. One has Arkansas, one has Alabama. We'll see here in a few short days who ends up having the correct call. The next conference we're going to look at will be the Big East. We're going to look at the Big East here where we both went opposite ways with this one as well. Nathan, what are you seeing with the Big East? This is actually my toughest, toughest one here. So I originally went with Creighton and just knowing the recent uh, situation that has been going on with Creighton and their head coach, and I just feel like Villanova has just not been looking very good right now. And those are the ones in the two seed in this tournament. So then I'm like, oh, is it going to be UConn? Is it going to be St. John's, Seton Hall? I just saw Butler upset Xavier. And it's just, who, who is it going to be? And so I I think I'm going to stick with my guns here because 
I hope that ultimately the players and this team rally around the coach and use this kind of what could be a distraction as motivation going into this tournament. So I'm going to ultimately stick with Creighton um, as the uh, tournament champions, even though this is this is probably the most difficult one for me to pick just because of all the changes happening and good teams not looking so good anymore. It's just the weather patterns, man, just they're not making sense in the Big East. Who do you There's got? There's definitely been turbulence going on over here in the Big East. Villanova had the guard go down a few weeks ago, Creighton with their news coming around. There's been a lot of things going on that, like you alluded to, just makes a lot of uneasy picking for this conference to see who would come out on top. Butler doing what they did tonight at the time of our recording, upsetting Xavier, was, I mean, kind of what their staple's been for a long time. They've always been that plucky underdog and just haven't been as prominent as of late because just their conference is a basketball conference where almost every team on the board here pretty well has their players stick around for four years. So with Nova and Creighton having that experience, it it makes a toss-up between them. Even though neither one have been the greatest of outings as of late, I still feel like they're going to put it together for to get themselves ready for the tournament. So now it comes down to which one of these two end up having that better game in the final. And I'm just, I'm not going to deviate from Nova. I think they just have that depth, that longevity, that seasoned leadership, the seasoned players to be able to rise from this guard going down with his injury to be able to be the team to win it. So I'm going to stick with Nova in the end. All right. All right. Sounds good. What's next? What conference is next? Oh, the one near and dear to Nathan's heart is the conference we'll talk about next. It will be the ACC conference. Early on, we had the ACC. We both thought Florida State. I feel like things are changing for Nathan. There's some shift going on for you, Nathan. Would that be the fact? Yes, I think the uh, the weather patterns are definitely are definitely changing on the Atlantic coast. But these are looking a little bit more predictable to me as opposed to the Big East. So, first off, number one, Virginia. I never trust. I've talked about this before. I never trust them in tournament time. So, they're not my pick. Florida State has not looked good as of late. Uh, so, I'm actually... That was my original pick. But they're, they're not good enough for me. So, I don't see a Virginia Tech or a Georgia Tech winning the ACC tournament. Okay, so I'm, I'm now... I'm starting to really creep down here. I'm going to pick the Tar Heels to win the ACC tournament, the number six seed, and here's why. First off, as we're recording this episode, they put up 50 points in the first half against Notre Dame. Yeah, I know it's against Notre Dame, but nobody puts up 50 points in the first half, right? They're on pace to score 100 points right now. Still, as we're, like I said, as we're recording this episode, they have 70 points with 12 minutes left in the second quarter. They found, they found it. Whatever it is, they found it. And because the people on the top of this tournament right now with Virginia I never like uh Florida State who has not been looking so good and Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech I don't trust I think UNC is going to pull this off I think UNC is going to take it all the way I hope it's Duke because I need Duke to get there to make it to the tournament the March Madness tournament but sadly that probably won't happen but I got the Tar Heels winning this the number six seed so this is my first big upset what do you I got? also think just kind of go with that Duke sentiment I think the Tar Heels really need this to give themselves decent seating, if not get themselves into the tournament. So 
for the Tar Heels' sake, I believe this is the push they need. They might still squeak in because of metrics or whatnot, but this will be their shoe in to get in the tournament, obvious statement to be said. So, I mean, Tar Heels definitely need to fight for themselves to get in. I'm not going to deviate from Florida State. I know Florida State's had a little rough patch here, but so teams are definitely making moves and shifts in the ACC, but Florida State's been there. They found their groove. I just, I can't really break away from them. I try to wrestle with it, try to think logically, like we both alluded to before, Virginia's just not that team we trust. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, uh, maybe. North Carolina, I, I can't, I see your case in point, but I'm just going to stick with my guns on this one. I'm going to stick with Florida State. Nah, man, you got to be bold. Well, that, that comes next week when we have to start doing brackets. <laughs> gotcha. All right, what do we got? What do we got next? So the next conference we're going to look at will be the Big 12, a very contentious equality conference, nearly from top to bottom. I mean, Nathan, Big 12, a lot of ch- things have changed since we last looked at this one. What are you thinking for this conference? Yes, Big 12. Gosh, this is interesting. I know I picked Baylor, but since since I picked Baylor, they've lost. They should have lost two, but they end up squeaking by. I just don't like Baylor. They're trending the wrong way come March. That's not what you want to be doing. So Baylor just doesn't look good to me. So I don't think they're going to win this. There's a number of teams that I think could win this. I mean, the Big 12 is stacked. I mean, I think they're second to, to the Big 10, but Kansas has really looked good lately. Texas is right there as well. Right, and so uh, West Virginia's look good, and so I, I'm looking at these teams. I'm like, Ooh, you know, I feel like the you know two through six teams have looked real good, and Baylor's kind of like, eh. you know. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State Cowboys. Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State, he just won Big Twelve Rookie of the Year. He won Big Twelve Player of the Year, and he's going to win this tournament and win the Big Twelve tournament most valuable player this dude is good oklahoma state has found it i've watched a couple of their games this is a scary team after they do real well in this big 12 tournament watch out for this team in the in the march madness i know they're ranked five in the big 12 but big 12 stack but it's not about the seedings it's about who finds it who finds that fire who who just has figured out their team at the right time and Oklahoma State fits all those categories watch out for this team in the Big 12 tournament and watch out for this team in the March Madness tournament all right who do you got for the Big 12 well first i want to say going with Oklahoma State there Nathan history's not on your side in conference tournament history only one time has a fifth seed or lower won it with them currently being fifth seed but i will say this Big 12 conference is one of the most talented basketball conferences we've seen in quite some time. So if there's a year for history to be broken, this could be it. However, I will not go with Oklahoma on this one. I'm going to stick with Baylor on this one. I know Baylor has had a rough go, but they've only lost one game since they came back from their quarantining. And yes, they lost the game. And the other games have looked shaky, but I think that's all Baylor's looking at is they're trying to work their way through it. Yes, this is a talented conference and a bad timing to try to get your legs back under you. But Baylor has found a way throughout the season to make their wins happen, make the victories decisive. I think they squeak it out, but it will not be easy by any means in this conference. So I'm going to stick with Baylor, but I this conference I would be the least shocked to see any of these teams make it through 
and be the champion. But I'm going to stick with Baylor while you stick with Oklahoma or while you go to Oklahoma State. I'm just going to stick with my guns on that one as well. So that takes us now to the last conference, last of the power conferences. MAC is kind of our fun conference since it's in our backyard. The last of the power conference we're going to look at tonight would be the Big Ten. Nathan, you had you picked a team. Are you sticking with that team, or did you see some change happening? Yeah, uh, seeing Illinois destroy Michigan, I was like, oh, that's not what I wanted to see. But I'm going to stick with Michigan. I still love Michigan. I love their defense. I love their coach. I love everything about this basketball program, about the school. <laughs> so I can't like make all the Buckeye fans listening to this think I'm some I'm a Michigan fan here. But as a unbiased sports forecaster, I still like Michigan. You know, no, it's really hard for two great teams to beat. You know, to for one team to beat another great team twice in a row. So if Michigan meets with Illinois again. I'm sure they're going to be very well prepared. They're going to watch their film. They know what they're going to need to do. So if they meet up in the championship, I don't expect it to be a blowout. It'll be much closer. And I'm just going to, this one, I'm just going to stick with Michigan because I think Michigan and Illinois are the definitely the top two teams in the Big Ten. But I'm going to stick with Michigan simply because I, I, I just can't, I can't see Illinois beating them twice in a row. That That's my only reason. And, uh, but I do, I love Illinois a lot and, uh, but I can't pick, I can't pick upsets all the time, man. I just picked two in a row. So I got to go with the number one CD or Michigan. Who do you Well, got? you've been picking upsets. I feel like I've been playing it safe up to this point just because of tournament histories, conference histories. Well, when I said Illinois a few weeks ago, they were second, third, they're kind of back and forth with Ohio state. Well, Ohio state since then has taken a downward turn in their conference. So they went all the way from being a second, maybe third seed to now they're looking at being a fifth seed. So that that was disturbing to see because that was a team I thought maybe has a shot at it, but doesn't look to be the case for them. They've just been taking their lumps like we talked off air. They lost four in a row in their conference, and that's a pretty big deal coming into your tournament. Doesn't mean you can't shake it off, but that doesn't bode well for confidence. So where we get to these quarterfinals, it's going to be very intense and super enjoyable for us as the fans to watch. I see these games being close, being very back and forth, looking for that key turnover or that key stop, key possession. I'm really hoping if it's not one of these two teams, Michigan or Illinois, Iowa getting in there, they're going to make some noise with it. But I'm going to stick with Illinois. I, I understand that quality teams, it's hard to beat them twice. But Illinois really took it to Michigan, and I just got to go with that. That's a lot of confidence. That gives you a lot of moxie, and it also helps you understand that there are things we'll need to improve on, but we know we have these fundamental tools in place. Hopefully it'll be Michigan and Illinois, and it'll be a barn burner of a game in the end, but I'm going to stick with my pick of Illinois for the Big Ten Championship. All right. Hey, I like that that we have some disagreement here it will make for an exciting week an exciting weekend i think maybe my march madness fever is a little bit higher than yours since i am picking these upsets so once you get to to my level of temperature you're gonna i think you'll start picking some upsets but you'd like to look at the history man which is good i think a unique season like this who knows anything could happen so 
With that all being said, those are updated picks for the, the conference tournaments that are happening all this week into the weekend. I'm very excited about. And then obviously next Sunday is Selection Sunday, which is one of the most exciting times of the year, so we can all fill out our brackets. So any last words, Nick, on March Madness, the start of March Madness, and this exciting couple of weeks we have coming Barring up? Barring the results of any of these conference tournaments, Nathan, I'm going to throw an impromptu forecast at you. Who do you believe will be the number one overall seed for the men's March Madness bracket? Oh, I think that's 99.99% confident that's going to be Gonzaga. The fact that they went undefeated and won their conference and Baylor has already lost. I, it's got to be Gonzaga. I would absolutely agree as well. That BYU-Gonzaga matchup was a good tune-up for them, and I'm glad they were able to play in their conference tournament because I know a few weeks ago we talked about how they thought about maybe sitting out because of COVID and everything, but they gave it a go, and they had an excellent game with each other. So, yeah, I believe Gonzaga will be the number one overall seed for March Madness when Selection Sunday comes because by the next time we record the next episode – that will be set in stone, and then we'll be looking into the madness. And yes, I will start picking more upsets by then, but with conference, it's hard for me to shake. Just a re- quick recap. I'm just going to go through the conferences, what we said and what we picked. We had the MAC, where both of us went with Toledo. Then we had the SEC, where I went with Alabama. Nathan went with Arkansas. Pac-12. I said Colorado. Really going on a limb on it. And Nathan said Oregon. Big 12. I stuck to my guns saying Baylor maybe lost one, but they haven't lost the mojo. Nathan? Oh, I beg to differ there. But Oklahoma State Cowboys, they got the mojo. Big East. uh, Stuck to the guns there with Nova. Nathan, you stuck to your guns with? Creighton. Then ACC. Stuck with Florida State, but Nathan saw some turbulence forming, and he went with? Man, the hurricane in the Atlantic Ocean called the North Carolina Tar Heels is coming to town. <laughs> Very good. And then the one we're looking forward to the most, the Big Ten tournament, even though I went with Illinois and Nathan. Michigan. Those are our conference tournament champions we're picking. We'll post that on our Facebook page as well. As always, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We love producing these episodes for you. and. We hope to be bringing more content. We're looking to get a tournament pool going with the listeners here. We're going to get that information up here soon on our Facebook page. And it'll just be for fun. Nothing for prizes. Just for the pride and glory of saying you had more right than someone else. So stay tuned for that. Again, this has been the Sports Forecasters. Nathan Singer, Nick Alvarez, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time.